Welcome to the Vault Podcast. My name is Dave Wakely. With me is Funny Man Dan. We are still looking for a member to join our team. So far, yes. we've been through uh, Jim Weidman, a good candidate. Don't get me wrong. Great. A good candidate. Yeah. Tick uh, too many boxes, I think. I maybe overqualified. Maybe overqualified. Yeah, yeah definitely. But we, we didn't have are the budget for it. <laughs> we are about to interview our latest candidate, who may fit Ooh. exactly the, the criteria we're looking for. Every leader has different strengths, weaknesses, and philosophies of ministry that guide their decision making. What you're about to witness is a real fake job interview with a potential new team member. Will they crumble under the pressure or rise to the challenge? Today's applicant. Sam Luce. Dan, tell us about Sam. Who is he? Well, Sam Luce is a friend of mine, but he is a, he's probably one of my most studied friend. In fact, Ooh. he has a BA, a Bachelor of Attendance. So oh. he went to school, which was great. But he has been the children's and family's pastor at Redeemer Church for 16 years. That's my guess, which 25. is a great, oh, so close. <laughs> 25. Did you just go for Sorry. 16? Just pluck it out of the air. I went for 16. Yeah, no. Actually, when I first met you, it was 16. So was pretty, I guess that's... It was 16 years before COVID, I think. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. And those... Well, you can't count those two years because everything just is a blur. So 25 or 23 will downgrade a little bit. He's also um, has got a master's in art in Christian... I forgot to write it. Christian <laughs> hermeneutics <laughs> theology. No, and, Christian and no. classical thought. Let's just Christian say this: he's thought. one he's one step away from getting a doctorate if he w- if he so chooses. Yes. Let's say that. Well, he's got two yeah. masters. He's the kind of guy that you know two appetizers before going for a main. Because he also got his masters of art in biblical and theological studies. I wrote that one down. Good job. Go. So, so Sam, Sam Luce. Sam Luce. It is great to have you with us, Sam. Blo- We've known you for many years. Yeah. Blogger, today, father, husband. <laughs> you still doing the intro, Dan? <laughs> Sorry, his, his, his wife makes a great ice cream sandwich. Okay. Lots of things. It's true. Yeah. So we've known Sam for a long time, and this is a whole new experience for Sam because, I mean, he's sitting there on absolute uh, pins and needles just just uh, yeah. anticipating this, this job interview. Now, Sam, you understand. We want you to be part of our team, and we believe in you. But yeah, many, many have come and few have succeeded. And so today... Yes. You could become a part of this team. You could become another another brick in the wall of glory that we are building here on the Vault Podcast. Now, now not to add to the pressure, yeah. but to join our team is to also join their team because we're mm-hmm. a part of everyone's oh, listening. So it's well. a it's a big responsibility. Uh, yeah, anything you've been doing to prepare for this interview, Sam? Any preparation? Uh, well, you know, I've never I've never done an interview. I was I was hired by my senior pastor without an interview, and uh, I've only worked here. So man, glad that wow. worked out. First one, so I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous. Oh, good. Okay. Oh, what's well, a short CV? Uh, <laughs> Sam, we're going to start off with a quick ministry skill check. Okay. I would like you to rank your abilities uh, one to ten. One being uh, terrible, ten being amazing for the following categories of ministry skills. Okay. This is just to gauge your potential for this role. So number one, yes. uh, one to ten, could you rank your ability at puppetry? <laughs> oh. Oh. Hello. Making it. Hello, Dan. Oh, my gosh. Hello, everybody. My name's Egbert, and I, I'm here to offer moral support for Pastor Sam. Could you rephrase the question in English? Well, you've answered it. That's a 10. Can we say that, Egbert? That, Would we that, give him a 10? That's a 10. 10. It's making me feel uncomfortable. Right. 
All right. I guess they 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 want to just talk to me. Okay. Okay. All right. They can't handle this. I get it. I get it. So I guess you gave me a ten. I would give you a one. Oh. Egbert. Egbert has been with me for twenty eight years. Amazing. He doesn't yeah, look okay, like well that ten. Yes, we're giving you a ten for puppetry. We are, okay, don't right. have to ask the we don't have to ask the next question, which is ventriloquism, which is a zero. On to the next. <laughs> why, why do you uh, zero? <laughs> Number three, <laughs> Sam Luce, one okay. to ten balloon animals. This is oh yeah, balloon animals. Yeah, balloon animals. I've heard about stories about balloons. Balloon animals. Yes. Well, I actually, this is a little known fact. One of my jobs when I was a teenager, before, when I was 13 years old, before I could work in a proper place because of child labor laws, I was a clown at birthday parties. What animal was your sp- I was really good at poodles. I was very good at swords. <laughs> Everyone's was, good um, at poodles and swords. Those, I was good at worms. Snakes. Snakes. Yeah. <laughs> I, ex- I made an excellent snake. Look, I want to put you down and for I a could... ten on that. So that's yeah, that's, we'll uh, put down for ten. Number four here, one to ten overhead transparency production, or ah. we'll take also PowerPoint. De- PowerPoint design overhead. Uh, yes, I'm. I would say I'm a solid because I've done both. Yeah. So I would give myself. I'd probably give myself about an eight on that. Oh, he's doing well, um, Dan. Because I'm I'm he's so good that well. I know that you have to turn the transparencies upside down to you for them mm-hmm. to be right side up for the because that's how you always knew like it's the, the overhead ministry you know when someone no. was it was their first time because all the words are upside down number five here photocopying or if you are old enough lithograph duplicators which not many people have used that but photocopying no no photocopying i'm i'm Fairly proficient at photocopying, yep. although I dislike it greatly. Okay, okay. And uh, I presently don't know my photocopy code for my own department, so I would probably have to give myself a five on that. Okay, so, okay. Um, it's, good right. to, it's good to be honest. All right, number six here, yeah, audio so. cassette duplication. Audio cassette duplication. Now, I did not do that, although our church had like 10 machines for that. But... My wife, when she worked at the church as the receptionist, that was part of her duties. So no. I think by by a close proximity and association, I would probably give myself a six because I, you know, I could. <laughs> right, you know to call. You know, you know someone. You know someone. I know. I know what's. I know. I know how to do. I know a person who knows a person. Exactly. So, All right. What about yeah. number seven here? One to ten felt board operation. I'm actually thinking about relaunching flannel graphs okay. and this is i mean really? serious <laughs> yeah actually yeah so um, <laughs> i would say seven i would say a seven, <laughs> say seven. So, da- so dave just i'm just picking up a few trends because that's my role he's still got his flannel graph yeah. he's still got his overhead projector yep we, he may be a hoarder so we right, just need to right. note that down i'll, I'll note <laughs> that i'll note that down all right here we go we need to get your i need to get a feel for your general craft skill and ability i mean i'm talking paper mache i'm oh. talking scissors i'm talking cutting things out I would say a one. Okay. Okay. So yeah, and this is the reason, right? So I, I was very pro craft. I was. I remember one time. Uh, what happened was maybe I should say this for mistakes. I don't know. What I did was I was thought it would be cool for the kids for their Father's Day to make a bead, a bead project with you know like the string and the beads um, mm-hmm. of of an American flag. Right. On Father's Day. Oh not, wow. Not sure why I was thinking that. Not sure why I thought that. But anyway, what happened was it's. It's what Jesus would it's do. Very, it's very, very, very American, you know, America. So what I would do is, so it's, it's, so it's like this pattern, like back and forth. And so what actually ended up, what 98.9% of fathers got was a red, white, and blue necklace. Because it was, if you've ever, if you've ever tried to help a kindergartner make like a square bead thing, it is. 
not recommended. And All right, I so. <laughs> very closely lost my mind, and I've never done a craft since then. Right. And I. Trauma. Yeah. Trauma there. I'm sorry for bringing. Trauma, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for bringing up trauma. I appreciate that. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, it's okay. So you had a craft went wrong. I just remember when. Yeah, Jim very told wrong. And I and I haven't really done craft since then. Yeah. When, when Jim when Jim told this his story about his biggest mistake, a p- person got arrested and his pilot license get taken away. But sure, yeah, no, it's definitely yeah. trauma. Yeah. Yours are serious well, as well. People, yeah, very yeah. very bad. Number nine. Are you minimizing my trauma? That's that's traumatic. <laughs> <laughs> we're helping you get through it. Number nine here, Excel yeah, spreadsheets. We're talking Microsoft. We're talking oh. spreadsheets. Yeah, yeah I know. I, I'm, I'm excellent with the sum button. You know, all the thing I just did, I just finished yesterday, all of our budgets for all of our campuses. And so. Okay, final ministry skill check, offering collection and counting. Oh, offering collection. So this is a fun fact. When I first started, we our budget was primarily... Um, I guess fully funded by the by the collection of the offering of our children. Wow. So we did, yeah, yeah. Wow. That was where my budget came from when I initially started kids ministry, and so I stopped short of the shop vac su- nose sucking oh, offering I... collection devices. I don't look. I don't I, I'm unaware of this device, but I'll I'll, I'll Google oh, it's, it it's later. It's a phenomenon. Right. You'll have to watch it. So so the thing is, is all the rage is you take like a small shop vac and you make it look like a monster, and then you take the hose and make it. Look oh. Like a, a nose and then you suck up the kid the kids bring their offering and it sucks their offering up so right yeah, wow so i don't do that so a- i would say probably about a, i'd give myself about a seven i would say this is a very good start i just i'm just like you to know as a as the, as the candidate <laughs> you've started very strong a uh, couple of bonus questions uh, have you ever used the font yes. comic sans in any designs yes or no no okay Ooh. i'm a big anti and i also don't there's a i have a i have a, I have a very uh I have a problem with lots of fonts. Okay. I don't know if that makes sense. But yeah, okay. I, don't, I also really? don't like Algerian. I also don't, yeah, I don't like Algerian. I don't like... Papyrus? I don't like... Uh, papyrus? <laughs> oh, I hate papyrus. That's a very impressive beginning, Sam. All right, we're going to move on just to find out... <laughs> We're going to find out a little bit about your background here. We already know that you that you started your ministry with them funded by children. The the, the uh, first question here is actually says, walk us through your resume, but it's not really a walk, more of a trip. Just a, a glance. Just a, just a, just a, just a <laughs> half a step. So let's let's gloss over that one. You, you've had many roles, obviously, at your church. You, you've moved around a yes. little bit. So mm-hmm. give, me, give me one of the, over the last, however, it sounded like uh, since the, the late 1800s you've been at your church, what's one of your, what's one of your highlights from your storied career? career that stands out to you and it could be in any department or any role that you had i would say honestly dave one of the highlights for me right is and and this is one of the there's there's difficult you know there's there's difficulties in leaving and going somewhere but there's there's also there's difficulties in staying somewhere and i said Mm -hmm. but one of the joys of staying somewhere is i remember a couple years ago when i was when i was going through walking through some of the rooms in the kids ministry and and like 90% of the people that were running the kids ministry were people who had been in kids ministry when I was a kids pastor. And so for me, that was, it was just a, and in that season of my life, it was, you know, I was like wondering if this is what I should be doing or if I should be somewhere else. And, and God used that moment, I think in a very profound way, just to allow me to see that, that his work in the lives of people, like sometimes you don't always get to stick around to see it. You know, when I, when I grew up, I moved like every three to five years. And so I never really saw people grow beyond the stage of life I knew them in. And to see kids 
that came in as kindergartners and preschoolers, now serving and teaching and, and loving kids because of the work that God had done in their life. And I was able to be a part of that and observe that was probably to me one of the most significant moments, you know, and just to see that happen for me is humbling. Um, yeah. So I would say that's probably it. I would like to know in terms of your study and in terms of your theological yeah. kind of training that you've had, has there been a couple of book mm-hmm. or a book that stood out that's really helped you at a, I'm not just talking ministry level, I'm talking at a theological level, like a deep knowledge level? Yeah, so I would say probably a few different ones. So I would say like on like probably the most profound book for me that I read during about the art of pastoring so and the, the need for pastoring was Pastor as Minor Poet. It's such a good book. It's so profound, and it was so insightful to me about what our role is as a pastor, no matter whether you're kid's pastor, lead pastor, you know, campus pastor, whatever it is, you know, and I've been in different roles, and my role now is different. You know, I've, all my friends change their their cities and churches. I I just change my jobs every five years. (laughs) Whenever they move to a new city, I I move to a new position, so that's... (laughs) sort of been my thing. So I so I found it super helpful and I think it would help benefit anybody. That one during, in my classical studies, the one the degree that Dan didn't write down was my <laughs> Masters of Arts in Christian and Classical Studies. And in that one I had to, we had to read like all these classical works of the Western tradition and juxtapose them against the um, the the theological books of the Western tradition and and the theological books that have framed our church history. And so one of them I think for me one of the most profound books I read during that was Dante's Divine Comedy. And reading through it, I found it was in that season of my life and still to this day, I found it's to be so enriching as a person and, and just the whole thing of how he wrote that book and the season, the way he was, you know, he starts off, he says, in the middle of our life, I found myself in a dark wood. And so just for me, you know, being in the middle of my life, you know, at reading that, I just found, you know, what, where am I going to spend? And I think this question is so profound, you know, I'm, I'm, I've lived more life than I have left to live. How am I going to invest those years in a way that is for my good and God's glory? You know, and so it just goes through this whole thing. And then it talks about how he was exiled and 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 the pain of exile. And I think I think any person who has experienced a difficulty in church life, in family life, in of loss and, and those types of things have been through difficulties can understand what it feels like to feel exiled from people and relationships and situations and and to know what that is and so him just going through that and and what's what what to me still boggles my mind is he wrote three book he wrote three books all of them had 33 cantos in them all and three of them so everything was revolved around the trinity for him and then right exactly in the middle of his third book he puts at the the and he counted it was which i don't even know how he did this but the middle the exact middle of the third book was the height was the height of what all of it was about was about the love of God for us. It's about God's love. So he builds to God's love and then builds from it. Right. So it's to do that in exactly the way he did to me is was was moving, but it was also so profound. I don't know how he did that. Right. So that so I think those are a couple of the books I found that are super helpful. And then also Augustine Confessions. I think every yeah. Christian should read. Dan, I'd just oh, like yeah. to let you know, Dan, oh, you that we've both just earned a master's degree in the Sam Lewis School of Divinity. Just after yes. that, so we yes. so we are now we are we're good. If you want to go for your doctorate, Dan, and maybe another couple of questions though. <laughs> Dr. Dan, it sounds fantastic. Yeah, it does. Um, My question for you, Sam, is how do you choose to communicate deep thoughts and theology to your children? Well, yeah, so 
here's the thing like i my my the way i approach children is the same as the way that i think we should approach anybody is everything in the bible is true everything in the bible is pertinent to children right and so to say that is a little bit is a little you know makes us draw back and say okay what is you know what are we going to talk to our kids about you know Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, and and my answer is 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 that we should teach everything in the Bible to our kids. The question for us as as communicators, as pastors, as parents, is not what should we teach our kids, but how should we teach our kids the Bible. But this isn't one you would typically find, like the death angel visiting and killing the firstborn child. Like that's not something that you would typically tell, you know. And so our, what, that was the story that was up. That was what was up next. And so our the the Bible story communicator, and she did such a brilliant job. And she is, she's been teaching in our church for, she's been teaching our church for 15, somewhere between 15 and 20 years. And what she did was, and, and when she did this, I, I, I started, I started just, I started just weeping because of God's grace and because of our need. It reminded me of my need to, com- to, uh, it compelled me, I guess I should say, to proclaim the gospel to kids more and more. Because th- mm. what she did was she took a, a, she bought like a big fat red ribbon and she wound it over the kids. She wound it and she would have the kids hold one end and, and it would go over, and it was over the whole crowd, right? And then she said, if the red ribbon is over your head, reach up and grab it. And so the kids reached up and grab it. And so she said that what, what happened was when those who put the blood over the doorposts and over the, 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 the sides of the doors, they were saved. And the string, the ribbon wasn't over every kid. And um, right. I remember standing by the door watching that. And it was just, it was such a profound moment for me that I realized like that, that the kids got it. Is that there is a sense of that when we are covered by the blood of Christ and when we grab a hold of the blood that has been, that he has shed for us. And when we come to the understanding of what he has done, his work for us, that we're not saved because we're good, we're saved because were his that it provided for our those kids such a profound understanding of what that story meant and the purpose of that story in the old testament and how it pointed forward to christ and i think that's why what we have to do with kids is we say not not what should we teach them but how should we teach them the bible there's a series of videos online called that wired magazine does where they teach one idea to five different levels of people so they'll actually start mm-hmm. teaching it to a kid and in the case of the, the one i'm thinking of which was uh, jacob collier this musician would teach a concept to a child a mm-hmm. teenager all the way up to someone who had studied music at a great higher level does that make does that kind of ring true to you and that that kind of sense the same idea at different levels yeah. or yeah yeah, I think so, Dave. But I think what, where we have to be careful, sp- particularly as kids ministers, right, is the temptation for us is to simplify Scripture instead of distill it. Mm-hmm. Right. So the difference between simplification and distillation is simplification is I remove, I make things so simple that kids can grab it and move on. Distillation, what we do in that is you remove the non-essential and, and leave what, is, what can never be, never be removed. Right. right, and so this is what we have to fight for. Is this is we we so much we so underestimate what kids can understand. Number one, number mm-hmm. two is we don't we don't create categories in the minds of kids that they're going to need one day that they don't that they can't they don't necessarily need to access now. So when we talk about the providence of God, how God takes care of us, how He ordains all things, how He leads us and guides us in a very specific way, and how He's good. Right. What we try to, what we simply do, what we to simplify that, we say, "Oh, God's good and God loves you." Both are true, 
But to mm-hmm. say that God takes care of you in such a way that he even makes bad things work towards your good, that he can take bad things and make them good, that's bigger than what kids can understand. But what you're doing in kids at that moment is you're creating a category in their mind for mystery, a category in their mind for, uh, for wonder that they don't fully understand now, but when they get older, right, they will, they will need that because life will hit them and slam them and sorrow will come to their door. And if they are not prepared for it, they will be wrecked by it. And so what we have to do with kids, right, is this, is that we have to give them a faith that they can grow into, not a faith that they can grow out of. And what the church has done, I think, in kids' ministry, what we have been guilty of is simplifying faith so much that we give them a faith that they move on from rather Mm. than grow into. Yeah. And this is something that we have to be vigilant about. We have to be vigilant. This is why theology matters. This is why us thinking deeply and thinking rightly about things in such a way that kids can understand it now, but also creates categories in the future for wonder. And it is more important for us as, as Christian leaders, particularly with kids, because their worldview is shaped, kids' worldviews are shaped largely by between 8 and 11 years old. Mm-hmm. These kids believe what they're going to believe by the time they're 8 to 11 years old. And God's sovereign. God can do, and God can rescue. He saves people in their 50s, 60s, 70s. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, but largely what people believe when they're 8 to 11 years old is what they're going to die believing. Yeah. And if that's true, what we do is more important than anything else, that anything, any other place in the church. And I said that. I was a campus pastor for a while. I said, uh, I'm a campus pastor. The most important thing that, that happens in this church happens in our kids' ministry. We want to hear your biggest failure. What was the idea that you had something to do with kids and it just tanked? It just, you thought it would be great. Before I tell you what it is, I have since included in, you know, experience teaches us things. And so I have passed this on to our present kids and youth pastors. And, and this is the bit of advice I have gleaned from. I'll, I'll tell you what I learned before I tell you what happened. Um, if you have to explain this game, and it sounds stupid, particularly to an ER doctor, uh, right. don't, 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 play it. <laughs> don't play that game. So start there. Okay. We had a three-person slingshot, you know, like the thing, I don't know if you've seen those. Two people hold it, and then you pull it back, and you shoot water. But because of the the boundless and endless amounts of creativity that are contained within me. I created a game where we would fling things that from, we would, we would each, each kid, each group of kids, their, their, <laughs> their team color, they would gather together and they'd say, okay, let's, let's fling things. Let's fling whatever we can find and whoever flings it the furthest wins that particular game. And so we called, I called it, again, because of my boundless creativity, I called it fling it. And yeah. so what they would do is they would go to their cabins and they would bring back things that they could fling. So one brilliant child decided to open up his flashlight, fling a D battery. They go very far. Then there was this one kid who decided that he wanted to outdo the last kid. And so he got a D battery and he pulled it back so far, right? Pulled it back, pulled it back, pulled it back, let go. And I didn't see it fly. I thought, man, that went somewhere. But what happened is it didn't open. It came back and it hit the kid in the forehead. No. Right, right, right. And he fell on his face like this. And I was... I literally prayed, dear, G- dear Lord Jesus, please, like, because he was grabbing his face. I thought, I thought he lost an eye. Right. Like, I was. Right. Then I almost vomited. I was. He got up and there was blood shooting out of the top of his head. He hit. Right, the, luckily for uh, for him, for us, for everybody, he hit the top of his head right here. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I had to accompany him to the. I the camp director said, you know, said, hey, what happened? I explained the premise of fling it. He stared at me. <laughs> Like I was a 
we were flinging D batteries into his woods. Yeah. He stared at me like I was an idiot. Then we got to the ER doctor, had to explain the premise of fling it. <laughs> also stared at, stared at me like I was an idiot. Had to call the, the kid's mom, explain the premise of fling it. Thank you for sharing. Wow. This is a safe space, as we've mentioned. It won't go thank beyond you, the screen. Dan. Thank <laughs> you, Dave. Thank a, you, Dave. Yes, thank you. That was a, that was a, that was a great trauma. Good job. Now, <laughs> we would like to finish off here with some scenarios for you, Sam. Okay. Now, these are just things that you might find yourself in, in in a current work environment. Your church is about to start another location. Maybe it's for the first time. Just imagine. What do you focus mm-hmm. on first? With regards to kids' ministry. Focus on first. I had first ask my pastor if this is a good idea. And, sure, um, sure. And make sure that he understands. Because <laughs> this is the thing with campuses. Yeah. Uh, senior pastors love camp- new campuses, mm-hmm. but generally <laughs> it's them preaching one message and it being sent somewhere. And they don't have to create hundreds of new people to mm-hmm. watch kids so and attain, teach kids. So the first thing I would start with is, is making sure that I understand the heart and vision of my senior pastor and why we're doing it. Because you will not be able to recruit volunteers if you don't understand why we're doing it, where we're doing it, and what for we're doing. I mean, we know the general why we're doing it, I think, from church-wide, but like, why specifically are we going to this place? And when you understand that, what you, you can do is then attach that to a heart for kids and begin to, I think, what, where I would start is I would start with younger kids. And then, you know, because the challenge in, in, in small churches, and, and, and for us initially when I first came, was we have, you have kindergartners to... to to uh, sixth graders in the same room, so you have to to do that is not is not easy. You know, as a church gets larger, you can more you can you can specialize and you can do that. So I would I would definitely I would start with with uh, preschool kids and then I would start with kindergartners and I would just kind of work up that way and use the older kids kind of as like as like helpers in the, right. in the, with the babies and even help teach. So that's where I would start is, is focus on the younger kids. Because then what you do is you build you build like a foundation that you can grow from. So that's where I would probably start is start there and focus on safety. Like yeah, how can we keep yeah. our kids safe? Because if kids aren't safe, they won't come back. If parents don't feel like their kids are safe, they won't bring them. So mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how amazing your gospel presentation is if your kid if kids that you're you're not creating an environment where kids feel safe and where parents don't feel like their kids are safe, you know they won't even be able to hear what you have to say. So. When you hear the word discipleship in relation to kids, mm-hmm. what do you think of Sam Luce? When I hear the word discipleship, what I think is that is our primary call. That is our primary responsibility. That is the only thing that matters. Everything else is periphery. So this is the thing I fell into. This is the early thing I fell into in kids ministry when I was the first several years. Like this is the thing. Like when you when you when you when you live somewhere and serve somewhere as long as I have, right? You run out of gimmicks. Because no one has that many, right? And so, and the second thing is you have to live with your mistakes because you can't blame the, the kid's pastor before you because that was me. And <laughs> then the other thing you can't, you do is this, is you start to realize, you start to realize, and I think this can happen anywhere, but you have regrets. And for me, one of the regrets I have was that I made fun. Initially, I made fun the end instead of the means to an end, mm. right? So I'm not anti-fun. But fun has to be a means to a greater end as this, is we want to engage kids at an age-appropriate level with, with as, much, as much entertainment and fun as we can provide, but that is not the goal of what we're doing. The entertainment and fun is not, we're not trying to outfun ourselves every week. We're saying, how can we be engaging with kids in such a way 
that they grow into the image of Christ. You know what Paul says in Paul says in Galatians 4:19, he says this. He says, "I am I am in pain of childbirth until Christ is formed in you." Right? This is what we should obsess over. Sam, thank you for coming in today. Really appreciate you taking the time yeah. to to interview for this role. As we tell everybody of our applicants, don't call us, we'll call you. But just Perfect. so you know, just so you know that this is uh, this is a very we're very ser- we're ser- seriously going to consider you. Yeah. So hopefully you don't see a another interview like this yeah. in the future. Yeah. And for all you listening, <laughs> stick around because in a couple of weeks we have Beth Cummingham joining yes. us for this interview. <laughs> We do, but don't, that means nothing at this point, Sam. So, no, no, oh, it's yeah, just another yeah, candidate. Yeah, it's just yeah, another yeah, candidate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's another definitely. candidate. I understand how these work, right? So, yeah, I, I guess yeah. at least how this works. Check out Sam Luce at samluce.com everywhere you blog. find Yeah, Sam my blog, samluce.com. Yeah, you can say that. Love it. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Say goodbye, Dan. Goodbye, Dan. <laughs>